0: Welcome to Radio One's For The Culture podcast, the history of black music. In this episode, join Radio One personalities Jay Mack, J-Q, and G-T-Mane as they take you to the wild, wild west, to the great state of Texas, Houston to be specific. The trio will chronicle the history of their very own sub-genre of hip-hop, Chopped and Screwed. Be sure to like, review, and subscribe for future and previous episodes wherever you listen
1: to podcasts. Without further ado, I welcome you to Radio One's For the Culture podcast, the history of chopped and screwed music, presented to you by Toyota's exceptionally capable SUVs. McDonald's is not new to chicken, so maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the crispy, juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say.
2: Welcome to Radio Ones
3: for the Culture Podcast, the history of black music, where your host, myself, JQ, J Mack, and GT. In this episode, we're going to be talking to you about the great state of Texas, Houston to be specific, as we chronicle the history of our very own subgenre of hip hop, and that's Chopped the Screw. First off, we're going to go into the origins of Chopped the Screw music. I'm going to throw it to GT. Give us some backstory.
0: Well, let's take it back. South Park. Texas, where Robert Earl Davis was from, you know, South Park. But before him in South Park, he had the biggest mixtape DJ back then, uh, Daryl Scott. And one of the biggest songs that he ever slowed down was uh, Matronics, Fresh is the Word. They used to play it all on KTSU and whatnot. It was real big, you know. And I think that one song spawned that whole revolution of slowing it down. And uh, Screw, DJ Screw, took it to a whole nother level by just being... He was a real DJ. People don't know that. Like, he used to DJ parties and whatnot. So... He slowed it down and then he chopped it up. And people don't know, that's, as a DJ, that's, you know, when you go back and forth on the fade, you know what I'm saying? And uh, from there, that was the foundation of it right there.
3: Man, and then you, uh, a lot of people, you know, when Screw, you know, first got to slowing music down and stuff, you know, he was playing around with it. And, you know, some of his boys were like, you know, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? And they were trying to buy it from him. Like when he first started doing it, he's like, nah, nah, I'm, I'm playing with something. He got to playing with it so much that you know he created in the 90s, he just started chopping and screwing a whole lot of things from everything from hip hop to RB to pop, you gospel. know. Yeah, gospel. I remember Phil Collins, uh, in the air when he did that one, I'm like, and you hearing it, and he, and his whole thing was he wanted to be, you would be able to hear the words and the actual lyrics you know, sometimes we'd be in the car, and we'd be hearing our favorite song, and maybe they're singing or rapping so fast that we don't know exactly what they're saying, some people can pick up on it quick and some people can't, when it was chopped and screwed, you knew everything word for word, because you could definitely just understand everything that, that was going down with it, and you know when he started making the tapes and stuff, you know, they started doing it inside his crib. Everybody was trying to Man, run Yeah, just up. say the tapes. You got to say, when he started making the great tapes. tapes. The great tapes. The great tapes. Yes, the great <laughs> tapes. The famous great tapes. Everybody was trying to Yo, get them.
0: People used to be lined up at his house, like they said it was a traffic jam trying to get a a great tape. You know what I'm saying? And then a custom great tape was even extra. You know what I'm saying? So when he shouted you out on the tape and whatnot, but like they they thought he was actually selling dope out his house, which he wasn't, you know. But he was selling tapes. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it was a big thing. And then of course once once they put screwed up click together, like from his brother Al D and C Note and Botany all the early. You know what I'm saying? When uh, ESG and uh Poke when they started. You know, freestyling little Kiki, of course, start freestyling on the tapes, then it became an even bigger deal. You know what I'm saying? Like if you if you it was like you had to have one, if you didn't have it, you you wasn't cool, basically. And they
3: definitely had to get out the house at that point, and then they had to open up a shop in Missouri City, you know, uh screwed up tapes and records, you know, because that house stuff. It was, it was making the popos, you know, mess around, look at it like it was something else going on. And, you know, when you have the feds bust up in your crib, that mentally, and you're like, I don't want that no more in my life. So, you know, he opened up the, the uh, screwed up tapes and the records in Most City and kept it going. So let's talk about, um G was talking about the artists, man. Let's talk about the artist that brought Chop the Screw music to life. Like you was talking about the little Kiki from, from what you saw and everything with the artists coming on there.
4: Well, here's the thing before you say that i want to say did y'all realize i didn't know how big screw was when i first started working at the radio station because we had these things called car shows and at the car show i never forget he was one of the first artists that sold over ten thousand records and that's when you had to have tapes you had to sell them out your
0: trunk he sold them at the car show and i was like it's amazing i was there i was there that day when um Cause first of all, let's go early in the week for that the car show with that Saturday. Let's go early in the week so we used to get our tapes duplicated at the same place right off of fifty nine. So I'm going in there, I'm getting my a uh, few hundred, and he's going in there getting his ten thousand. <laughs> and then the car show came that Saturday, and they sold out in like five minutes. I had never saw anything like that. Five minutes. Wow. Rap. You wow. do the math: ten thousand cassettes times ten dollars, twenty dollars. You know what I'm saying? It was like five minutes flat. But um, as far as the the artistry, man, he, he really and truly he was ahead of his time. A lot of people don't know he was into the production side of things because before he even started putting out the Screw Taste and whatnot, I had a play cousin back in the days. Uh, Byron, his, his name was B Love, and he used to come he used to come over our crib on the north side. And um, working production, him and his manager at the time—I always forget his name. I just—I just always picture his face. The manager I had a short dude with a flat top. But anyway, they used to come over and work in production all the time. So I, re- I already knew that he had artists in the making, but way before the screw tapes. So he was like getting ready to be a, a record mogul in the making, basically. You know and I'm saying because he wasn't bad at—he wasn't bad at the production. Like once we showed him, like you know, the technical th- side of things, he had all his ideas and whatnot. So fast forward, he's putting out the tapes. Now he can't. Talk to put out the albums, i, I want to say the first two albums were on uh big time records if i'm not mistaken and um that's when he started you know that's when you start seeing the uh the artistries like you know al d and like i say botany boys and uh esg which to me was the first commercial chop and screw record with swang and bang in my opinion and we we all know what that record did on the box it was ridiculous you know
3: Man, and you had great artists, you know, like for me, you know, when you said when I first started learning about the little Kiki's, the fat pets, the youngsters, um, the botany boys, you know, it was it was because of the, the great tapes made me a fan of these artists and by screw putting these artists even from the big modes to the esg when you know gt was talking about swanging and banging all these artists you heard them first on the great tape dj screw screw tapes and then what it did he did so many of them and then and, and they were just phenomenal and then got shot to big pokey too big pokey was on there always killing it that when these artists got time to finally got to the level where they were about to release their own album Mm-hmm. It was such, I mean, you had the hype. We was waiting for like Snoop Dogg, Snoop Dogg's first album. When he, you know, because the hype that Dre uh,
0: made with Snoop, that's how it was for all these artists, man. It was like crazy. Built-in fan base already off the rips. So by the time they dropped solo projects, you know, you they had a 100,000 out the door because they had a built-in fan base, which, which, which was unheard of back then, especially regional. And back then, you got to think back, You can go c- go up, this, up the highway and cut a deal with Southwest Records and that money's, majority of that money's coming back to you. You don't need no major label for what? You know what I'm saying? True. And that's how a, a lot of those artists to this day came up because they that money, that mixtape money was coming back to them. They weren't, getting, they weren't getting a percentage of, or two points on the album. No, they were getting that. They were getting $10 a tape.
3: Uh, J-Mac, who would you say from from you? Because I know you heard a lot of great tapes. Who was, who was your favorite rapper to hear on the DJ Screw tape?
0: Well, you
4: know what? I always got to say Little Flip because I almost had the opportunity to be on one of the great tapes. And Little Flip is the first person to introduce me to Screw. And that was um, years ago. He was doing a tape. I can't remember the Zach tape. He was like, let's go by Screw's house. I was like, I got to go to work. He was like, no, let's go by his house. But we didn't make it. Because you had to go by Screw House late at night. You couldn't go regular hours. You had to go late at night. And so he will always be my favorite because Screw was going to put me on a mixtape. You know, I can't rap, but he was going to sample my voice and put me on because of Little Flip. And that's why Little Flip has
0: to be my favorite because he introduced me to Screw and what Screw was doing. Me personally, I got to go with Little Kiki. Back then, Little Kiki, man. <laughs> man, screw 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 set him up for life, man. Like to this day. I mean, look, to this day, he's still him and him and Polio, they still strong, going hard in the paint, you know what I'm saying? And uh, so back then, like so coming off the great tapes, and then when he dropped that first, don't mess with Texas, it was a rap. I, yeah. I was a fan for life. Yeah, for me
3: on the that because those those two went hard. I gotta say, my top favorite. You know, probably be big mo. He can rap, he can sing, Dang, yes. It was melodic, you know, it just put you in a trance when you was listening to it, man. Let's talk about DJ Screw's vision. Um, let's chime in on that. As
0: far as the vision, like I said earlier, man, he was he was a record mogul in the making, man. He was gonna be the the Houston version of a, a puff or somebody, you know what I'm saying? Think about it. He had the click, you know, what I'm saying he had the artist. He had the production, you know, and that that was that was the next level of the game for him to to evolve beyond the mixtapes or or take the mixtapes commercial. You know what I'm saying? So he probably would have been the first. I know they say uh I know they I know they, they say that Master Flex is a uh, mixtape with the first mixtape album. But I feel like what Screw was doing, especially with the, the three in the morning or whatever, to me, that was uh, probably the first mixtape album per se
3: you know yeah definitely screw you know he wanted he wanted the whole world i'm talking about the whole world not just the united states to be a part of the chop the screw movement for his sound to inspire other generations and you know he created a platform where a lot of these guys we named earlier can to this day. Take care of themselves, feed their family, and be successful. So, for the most part, taking care of his people, my perception of watching, you know, he just wanted to make it big, big as possible and then make sure his people can eat. When you talk about the growth of Chapter Screw
0: music, G, what would you say on your end, the growth of it? I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you you, you always have the originators, and then you have people who just take it to another stratosphere. You know, this is kind of like sports, you know, in my opinion. Me personally, MJ is the greatest of all time. But then now you have that everyday argument, LeBron. So let's say Screw created it. But then you got Michael Watts who commercialized it and turned it into, you know, Swisher House Records that was distributed, you know, by major labels or whatnot. Then then you have Chop Stars, you know what I'm saying, that's still, still going to this day where, you know, uh, you know, with OG Ron C and whatnot. You know what I'm saying? So it's like a mother giving birth to a child and you have this offspring. So you have a lot of offsprings out there right now, all based on what he created in, in his room, man. That it just it's a global phenomenon now.
3: Yeah. J mag I know when you know, after Screw passed, I know even when he was here, you would have people that would try to duplicate and do what he did, whether if there was a DJ or whatever. Did you have a situation where somebody would try to
4: pass off a tape to you that wasn't by DJ Screw? I mean Everybody tried to do that, but you know, as soon as he passed, it was hard because people were coming at boys. If it wasn't screw, if it wasn't Watts and they were coming at
0: Watts for a minute, you know, it took a while for Watts to win over the crowd. It took Watts and zero to bury the hatchet. And then from that point on, it was all good. Yeah, it was, it was hard because they wouldn't messing with anybody.
4: Uh, Your boy DJ screw has, Followers that are loyal to uh, his movement and they don't like anybody to mess with his vision or the vision they thought he was putting together.
3: Yeah, I know.
1: McDonald's is not new to chicken, so maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McKrispy juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing.
3: for the growth, he definitely would want, like going back to, he wanted to inspire people. And, you know, after his passing, you know, he inspired Michael Watts, you know, and you can't compare the two styles. DJ Screw's sound, the way he chopped and screwed music, it, it can't, it can't be duplicated. Michael Watts took it and added his own flair on it, which made it stand out from. Even when I came in the game, DJ and like people like, man, won't you chop and screw? And then at the house, i tried to do it like man i ain't doing this and i would tell other guys that would try to do it i'm like nah man nah that's 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 not what that is but michael Watts, he took it to another level and uh like J. Max said once he buried the hatchet with zero you know a lot of people like well we're not gonna be we're not gonna bash you we're gonna support what you do and then later on you had original suc member as in little kiki that ended up signing with swisher house that really bridge the gap with people like, I mean, it's just one love. we trying to put our city on, We're trying to put Houston on the map and we got to support each other, you know, and do what we do to, uh, to, to, you know, make it possible.
0: I think, I think one of the biggest misconceptions with the whole, uh, genre that he created was that it was for, Drug use for, you know, like the, people used to always kill me with that. Like, man, you got to be on lean to, uh, listen to that. Nah, it, it wasn't even about that. It was just, you know, the man created a genre that was for everybody's, but a certain subgroup took it to, you know, took it to heart. But that don't mean it was, you know, it was for drug use. It, it was for everybody. Like I said, he chopped the screw gospel music. You know what I'm saying? No, they ain't lean in the church. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah.
3: yeah yeah you know and you know people yeah it was always a misconception everybody's like you gotta sip lean i i've never taken lean in my life and i was always like i said i'd be in a trance like ride one of my favorite tapes and i could just get on the highway one day before i moved to houston i got on the highway drove all the way from Broad college station through houston to galveston and back just bumping june 27th like that, that and was I'm the,
0: glad you said that because everybody thinks that's his birthday. That is not his birthday. <laughs> I, I forget the cat who birthday it is. It was it was someone's birthday, but it wasn't his, you know what I'm saying? C-more. I think C-more. right. And everybody feel like that that's screw birthday. Nah, I mean, yes, yes, it's a Houston holiday somewhat now, but it wasn't his birthday.
4: Don't yeah. y'all think that Screw was probably one of the best a ARs of the South? If you ever put it in perspective, look—we yeah, got, we, we got Lil Kiki, we got Lil Flip. I mean, Big Mo, we got a Big Pokey,
0: we got all these artists. Man. I mean, that's, that's what I was saying earlier. He was a record mogul in the making. He was—he was gonna be the—he—he he was gonna be the. You know, I ain't, I ain't cursing right now, but he was gonna be the shit. <laughs> yeah,
3: way before his time. Way before his time. And then when you talk about dj screws legacy it lives on in all of us from people that didn't understand it at first they came aboard uh and started and you have the the new generation that's adapted even before the new generation you had people like t-pain that made a chopped and Screw record that was big you had ludicrous that did certain things and then when you go to the newer generation you got rocky
1: well, right Rock yeah. yeah,
3: right. Satilla, man, all that, all that said, H Town baby is originated from DJ Screw, so you know his legacy gonna live forever.
4: And now he got movies. Yeah, DJ Chill. Yeah, yeah.
3: And I can't wait for that to come out. Like I'm so the things that I didn't know about DJ Screw, I know because hands on with this movie all screwed up. That you know it's the family, it's people like little Kiki that was with him a lot. So you, it's it's gonna be a lot of accuracy in it. So I can't wait to see the things that I didn't know. And, you know, because I've heard stories and, you know, about the South Side, North Side War and how that played a part. And, um, you know, with Screw when he was trying to come in the game, you know, with the Screw tapes and everything. So I'm just waiting for it. I can't wait for it to happen, man. But his legacy will forever live on from generations to
0: generations. Man, have you ever walked into a club and seen a whole crowd, crowd to club in a zone like in a slow zone I remember they, had a, they had a a screw night at Club rhythms like you think they did it like five or six times man each time packed, and you walk in there man and everybody is standing there and it's, it's just in a in a zone, man. It, it, it was some wild stuff, man. But he could really DJ. That's the uh, what the people really don't know. You know what I'm saying? He can just slowed down. That boy can really cut and scratch and mix and whatnot.
3: And then you know we was talking about the influence and the legacy and the vision when you have an artist that's coming in the game like a Drake that came to Houston and wanted to learn the culture. And he went and took the June 27th record, did his own version, called it November 18th. 18th. Yeah.
4: But you know what? <laughs> To be honest, when that record first came out, I was so mad. I was so (laughs) mad. Because I'm like, here goes somebody messing up something we have in Houston. But, you know, I eventually loved it. You know what I'm saying? Because when he did that record, some people were mad. Others loved it. But some people were mad. I mean, I happen to be working, so I'm getting both sides. But it turned out the city embraced Drake. They loved him for it and we he made history.
0: You know, it's it funny cause at first I felt some kind of way, but then I took time off to think about it. I say, Well, you know what? He can get it. He's gonna get it to the heirs that it probably wouldn't have got to. You know what I'm saying? And uh sure enough, you know. Yeah, I remember
3: I remember I was at a party one time out of town. I know Terrence J was there and I dropped that, dropped the uh November 18th, and he was like, Yo, he recognized me. He said, That's Drake. I said, Yeah. He's like and he's like man what record is this and you know those are the moments i like because then they go they hear that and sometimes people will uh, ask you the backstory on it and you tell us dj screwed up so they go back and they research the history and then they become fans of the screwed up click everything dj screwed did and and that's going forward like that you know it just calip you know catapult. Calip- then you got situations where Drake has went back and some of the screwed up, like, ESG, taking a, the swanging and banging sample, with that which was huge here, and took the sample of the record and made HYFR, you know, with, with Lil Wayne. So, you know, they just keep on. They, they're making sure Screw's legacy will stay alive forever.
4: Now, with you saying that, it takes me back to Jermaine Dupree. Remember how many people didn't know that that was the original Indeed, beat? The June,
0: yeah. or June 27th beat, yeah. The
4: June 27th which crisscross Cross, he made for crisscross. Cross.
0: Yep. (laughs) It's it's funny because I always compare that record to uh, Trigger Man because that one record, Trigger Man, that one breakdown in Trigger Man started the whole New Orleans bounce revolution. And then that one record that Jermaine did for Crisscross Cross basically started the whole, you know, screwed up click, you know, that that, that June 27th is forever infamous, you know?
3: Yeah, I remember that because I was like, "Whoa!" It was called the streets ain't right. I said crisscross, and man, so, so, that up. yeah, but <laughs> <was> <laughs> that was your jam, huh? Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I just love the beat. I remember I had the wax on it, so I was like, you oh, know how they was going, and I was Chris Collar. I don't know, I was Chris. I, when I heard that, and I heard the June 27, that's why I love June 27 because I'm like, oh. And then I'm like, man, screw take it. He would take instrumentals from certain records and make them because that record wasn't no hit record. But he right, made right. that he made that beat where everybody, if if you throw that song on, we always gonna call it the June 27th beat in Houston. Yeah. And if you
0: throw that beat on to this day, somebody's gonna grab the mic they and gonna start freestyle. freestyle. <laughs> even people who can't, even people who can't freestyle are gonna start trying to freestyle. Do you remember what the actual crisscross
4: song was? Anybody? Yeah, he just said it.
3: Uh, yeah, the streets, the streets ain't right.
0: Ah, that was it. Yeah. Really, you're right. He yeah. really does remember. Yeah. Screw made the streets right.
3: Yeah, <laughs> he, made, he made it out big, man. So, yeah, you know, DJ Screw definitely doing it big, man. And we want to thank everybody for joining us for another edition of Radio 1's for the Culture Podcast, the history of black music. Be sure to like, review, and subscribe for future and previous episodes wherever you listen to podcasts.